Okay, um, good evening and welcome to Gaia House. Um, I'm Stephen. This is Martine, for those of you who couldn't guess. And we'll be with you for the next seven days. I'd like to welcome those of you who have been on these retreats before. There are some familiar faces in the room. But also, just as much, those of you who we haven't met before and who may not have been in Gaia House before. I think it's a common experience when we choose to spend a week on a meditation retreat that the actual experience of arriving on site um, is perhaps not exactly what we had anticipated when we decided however many weeks or months ago to come on the retreat in the first place. And I suspect um, many of us have travelled some distance and may have spent the last couple of days tying up all number of loose ends no doubt in perfect equanimity, and arrive here feeling a little bit frazzled, um, not quite sure that it was a brilliant idea to have come in the first place, (laughs) (laughs) and now having to look forward to seven yawning days of emptiness before us, which we are somehow going to try and fill. Uh, when, when we are li- sorry, listening to the talk, if some people want to sit in the middle so that they can see better, hear better, it's fine. You're not obliged to kind of, especially if you're behind somebody who is quite tall. <laughs> you can move. Um, we'll exp- for those of you who have not done this kind of retreat before, we'll explain the strange sitting arrangement. It's entirely uh, logical, provided you know what we're going to be doing. But I think a retreat, um, whatever our preconceived ideas about it might have been, is, is really, quite obviously I suppose, um, a withdrawing from our everyday lives. Withdrawing not in the sense that we're running away from something, although there might be elements of that for some of us too, but withdrawing in order that we can somehow have an opportunity to, uh, to step back and look more carefully, perhaps with more clarity, perhaps with more insight and care and maybe even compassion as to what is going on in our lives, what our lives might be about, both at this particular juncture. I have no idea why, why most of you are here. But I suspect many of us have come with some sort of question, maybe not fully formed, maybe more a kind of funny sensation in the body somewhere. Some of us might be here because our lives have reached some sort of crossroads, And again, the reasons could be many. Breakup of a relationship, retirement from a job, 
uh, the embarking on a new life with a new partner or in a new house. And a retreat is an opportunity to enable us to, uh, in a way, come to terms with the, uh, the potentials, the promises, the fears that go with such changes. And a retreat is not to cut ourselves off from those things as though we could, but really an opportunity to hold them in a different way. But perhaps at a deeper level, we come on retreat not for any specific reason connected to our lives as they are at the moment, but perhaps to the, sim- to the much larger, simple question of what is human life ultimately about. And in the practice of Zen, at least in the way we're going to be treating it this week, at the very heart of what we're doing is cultivating what we call questioning or perplexity or doubt Inquiry into what life is about. What's it for? Why are we here? Uh, The great imponderable questions that we find at the root of all philosophies and religions, spiritual traditions nowadays, even some of the psychotherapeutic traditions that once we let the chatter of our minds uh, settle, once we allow ourselves to just come back to the primary act of sitting and walking and breathing and going through the daily activities we'll be doing here, which are completely stripped down to eating, going to the bathroom, going for a walk. We afford ourselves an opportunity to really touch more deeply um, what it is that animates us as human beings. And this can be both uh, deeply uh, puzzling and confusing, which is not a problem. In fact, in Zen, I think there really is... um, a valorizing of confusion, um, a recognition of the importance of being able to say, I don't know who I am or what on earth this is all about, rather than to constantly be captive to the chattering mind that in many respects is just endlessly replaying the story of me. And we'll notice this, and I'm sure most of you here who have done meditation, which I think are the majority, are aware that despite our inspirations and our aspirations to be more focused and clear and wise and kind, nonetheless, 
those old habits of mind to be self-preoccupied, to be scattered, to be distracted, to be bored, cannot just simply be switched off. And in fact, sometimes on a retreat, especially at the beginning of a retreat, we actually experience these things in full flood. No matter how much we try to sit and be still and be quiet, our mind just won't stop being busy and won't stop generating anxieties and worries and fears and projections into what's going to happen in the future or regrets about what we've done in the past. It's actually very difficult uh, to really be still and clear and present here and now. Some of you are probably familiar with the um, passage in the Pensée, the thoughts of, um, of Blaise Pascal, uh, who says something like, I'm paraphrasing a bit, that the, uh, the source of all human suffering is that people are unable to stay quietly in a room. Now, this Pascal was not a Buddhist. Uh, I'm not even sure he was a meditator in the sense that we would understand that word. But clearly, he was a very thoughtful and sensitive and concerned thinker and writer and someone who really tried to live what Socrates called an examined life. And what he notices is that... um, Deep inside us, there is a kind of restlessness, um, an inability to just be with what is, that the mind would far rather be entertaining itself or worrying itself with all manner of distracted thoughts. To the extent that one begins to feel that um, there's something rather disquieting about being quiet. It somehow exposes a vulnerability within us. Uh, It exposes um, the fact that we're probably more insecure than we would be prepared to admit. And what we'll be doing this week will be affording us a Uh, a safe and protected and quiet environment in which we can begin to rest in, hopefully to relax, but very much in order that we can give ourselves heart and soul to the question of who and what this is. And I'm deliberately not using the word who I am. As we'll discover through the course of this week, um, this questioning, this inquiry, is not just a process of examining more um, uh, insightfully our own particular psychodrama, but actually opening up to the question that is the world itself. In other words, 
what's going on in this room. We're not alone. We're not sitting here in an isolated little cell all by ourselves, but in a community, albeit a temporary community. We're also surrounded by this wonderful natural environment of the countryside, of the trees, of the birds, of the rabbits and the deer, and all that's going on in the natural world um, that surrounds us. And so this questioning is really about allowing ourselves to let go of our habitual opinions and views, um, our prejudices, our biases, our beliefs, including our Buddhist beliefs, our Zen Buddhist beliefs, and really trying to uh, tap into the raw presence of being here as human beings, conscious human beings with brains, with bodies, with beating hearts, and to try to ground ourselves in that primacy of being here at all. Now, in terms of how the retreat um, is going to be structured, Martine will say a lot more about that. But essentially, um, we're going. What, what we have developed here at Gaia House over the years um, is a supportive framework within which we are able to pursue these kinds of inquiries. And this extends to all the details of our schedule, the periods in which we'll be sitting cross-legged, the periods in which we'll be walking around these blocks of cushions, the periods in which we'll be sitting in the dining room, queuing up for our food, eating our food, the periods in which we'll have to ourselves where we can go and lie down and rest or go for a walk outside, the periods in which we'll be listening to uh, myself and Martine, either giving instructions in the morning or what we call a Dharma talk in the evening. And all those little moments that um, constitute our routines here, the work we'll be invited to do and so on. Perhaps one of the most uh, important elements here is to respect the noble silence. The reasons for this are many, but basically it allows us an opportunity not to get caught up in um, just sort of socializing type conversations, which can be very agreeable and, and very revealing perhaps, but in this context tend to take us away from the challenge of just being with what is going on. Speech, talking, chattering are in some ways just an extension or an um, amplification of the chatter in our own minds. 
And if we really want to find an inner stillness in which we can reflect and, and, and question and, and focus our minds, it's valuable to try to minimize um, whatever it is that would lead us out of that, whether it's in our own minds or in our conversations with others, that uh, stimulates the talkativeness that is so habitual in our behavior. In the technological world we unavoidably live in today, um, I'd also encourage you very much not to check your texts on your mobile phones, not to send texts on your mobile phones. And if you have 3G, 4G, whatever it takes to get and receive emails, not to do that. In fact, switch the bloody things off and leave them off until the last day of the retreat. Um, the, the prevalence of these devices is, I think, yet another um, feature of our lives that goes counter to the aspiration to be still, to be quiet, to be alone, to be with ourselves. Now, of course, there may be cases where you have a sick parent or something, you need to check in on that, of course, is different. But broadly speaking... I would really hope that we can have a, a, a device-free week. And I think that's really all I need to say. Martin, tu parles. So I'm uh, very happy to be with you all. As Stephen said, the one we know, we've seen before, but there are also, I would say, uh, a certain number of people who have uh, either never been to Gaia House, who have never been to, on a Zen retreat. And so I think, <coughs> I hope, so some of you uh, might have some idea about how it should be, how it could be, and you will see for yourself if it was what you were looking for or not. <laughs> and the thing is that uh, this retreat uh, will have we could say lots of sitting. It's not uh, what we would call an integral Korean Zen retreat. Because if it was an integral, totally like a Korean Zen retreat in Korea, you would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you would go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, you would sit 10 hours a day, and you would sit 50 minutes, 5-0 at a time, and you would walk 10 minutes at a time, and through the day. And the first time we did this for a weekend, many, many years ago, nobody could walk at the end of the weekend. So we decided to adapt it a little. So we will only get up at 6.15, and our first sitting will be just a 45-minute sitting before breakfast. And then there will be the instruction, and then we will have blocks of three sittings in the morning, but it will be only 30, 35 minutes. And then we will be walking 10, 50 minutes around the cushions. And so hopefully, uh, I hope all of you, I mean, that's the idea, all of you can do that. 
Uh, of course, if you have some uh, physical impairment or some real difficulty and you cannot come to the sitting, I mean, you are adult and we're not going to go around hitting you. This is not this kind of Zen retreat. So I hope everybody can do the schedule, but we will also understand if time to time some of you cannot do it. If after doing a day, I think generally the first day tomorrow, uh, especially for the one who are new to it, you will try it out. So very likely you will do everything tomorrow. So you will do the three sitting in the morning, and then in the afternoon we have a four sitting, but in between we have a longer uh, walking period, free walking of 30 minutes. And then by the end of the day, some of you might think, Ooh, I have lots of pain in the knee. I'm not sure I can continue to do this this way. And then you can really use a chair. You see, I sit on a chair the whole time I will be sitting on the chair. So you're not obliged to sit on the floor. And so if you want to sit on a chair, and we don't have, because of the way we're going to do it, you cannot have an alternate. Either you sit on the floor, either you sit on the chair. I mean, we could have a few chairs here. <laughs> we can have a few chairs there. But there is a limit to the amount of chair we can have as an alternative between you can alternate sitting on the chair and on the cushion. But if you really feel, oh, it would be better to sit on a chair, then you just take your black uh, flat cushion, you put the chair instead, and then if you are in the middle of the row, you just went for the talks or the instruction, you can just bring the chair in the middle so people, uh, it will not be in the way. So don't hesitate. You are not obliged to sit on the floor if it's agony. The thing, this is not a torture camp. This is not the idea for you to have so much suffering that going through it, you will get to an amazing place. Now, this is really a, a retreat where one, in a way, I would say, really do the meditation retreat, really do the cultivation of concentration and inquiry, I'll talk about that. And really to see, you know, is it something I want to do? Is it something I want to do in a more intense way? I mean, this is why on the little, uh, on the program, we said not recommended for beginners. Because it's really for people who want to have, I would say, a good taste of what it means to do meditation. And then, of course, when we do a retreat of this nature of six days, then generally the first day or two are a bit difficult. It's a little painful because we're not used to it. Even if we come to this retreat again and again, the first two days generally are a bit difficult. Either one feels sleepy or one has lots of pain. But generally it passes. This is something also we look at, the fact that things arise and pass away. We have thought, we have feeling, we have sensations. They arise and pass away. We, have, we hear the sound, they too arise and pass away. They'll be, we'll have a little uh, thing with uh, the weather and with the air. You know, some people like fresh air and some people like warm air. And so we'll see how it works out with the British weather. <laughs> if we can have, like now, have the window open, and it's very nice, and we're not cold, and then we'll have to see how it all works out. So we'll have to play around 
I think not to get upset if it's too cold or too hot, but see how we can manage all of us. And so this is also a retreat because in a way it's a group retreat. So we all come together. And I think it's very important that we come on this retreat, not just to me, not just for the teachers or for the method, but actually because we're going to sit with others as a group. And so we form a community. And so within that, with that community, I think to really try to cultivate a friendly, kind atmosphere. So we in the silence, because the silence is a little like a training, but on uh, Friday, when, Friday when we finish the morning, the silence will be broken. You will be able to talk to each other and to realize possibly the person you thought so much was like this is totally not like that. And that's what is also interesting with the silence is that we are, like, we are meaning-making machines. So we see somebody, they do something, and we have lots of interpretation or where they do this that way or where they look that way, and actually a lot of it is not like that whatsoever. And also we might be self-conscious of other people looking at us and imagining things about us, but it all comes and goes. It's all like clouds of smoke. That's what is interesting in the silence. And then at the end, you can see if it's confirmed or not. Or you might discover something else. So to see to really a kind atmosphere, which means we are not um, talking to each other, but we can look at each other, we can smile, but if somebody does not smile at you, don't take it personally. They might be very uh, interior or they might have the sun in the eyes or whatever it might be. Also, there is another pe- people on the other side of the house who are on personal retreat. And those, they really won't look at you. So don't take it personally if they don't make eye contact. But uh, I will generally look at you, smile, but sometimes I might not if I am between things. So we, we try to have a, a friendly atmosphere, but being careful of not kind of, you know, going into judgment, comparison, and things like that. You know, we all, at any given moment, will try to do the best we can. And so hopefully uh, people will not move too much, but some people might. Hopefully some people will not breathe heavily, but who knows, some people might, because that's the way they breathe. And so I think it's kind of also working with that. As much working with our internal condition arising, passing away, and also external condition rising and passing away. And I think really to, to bring, I would say, kindness, patience, generosity, harmlessness, as much to ourselves as to others. So using that space in that way, I think, is very important. And so to really kind of, uh, in a way, try to use the schedule, try to use a place where we are, and try to be careful that this is not the Zen Olympics. You're not going to get a gold medal at the end, or even a chocolate medal, you know? It's 
You can never know. But what is very important to me is not so much the state. I'll talk more about this. It's not so much the meditative state that we try to generate or hope to generate. But it's actually, the, in a way, the dedication and the intention we have at any given moment. And so at time we'll be distracted, at time we'll be sleepy. But if we just sit with it or walk with it, and it passes, the thought will pass, the sleepiness will pass. So really to have patience, I think this is important. To have patience, I think it's very essential. And to come also with this spirit of exploration that we really try one breath at a time, one sound at a time, one question at a time. Because we have such a tendency to move ahead. If it's like this, like th- now it's going to be like that the whole time. I can really guarantee you it will not be like this the whole time. Because it can't be. It changes. This way, that way, another way. So you having that patience not to jump ahead. But just, can I be with this breath right now? Can I open to the sounds right now? Can I open to the question, what is this? And then, we'll be walking inside. So this group of people will walk around these cushions, and this group of people will walk around that, those. And so the thing we're walking, let me show it to you. Because what is interesting is that there is a, di- a dynamic in the walking when we walk together. And we, it will take some time for you to get it, a few times to see how, as a group, all these people can walk around this cushion. And what you will see is that the speed change. So when we go down, the speed is good. And we try to have a good speed. We try to walk like this. And then, as you get towards there, suddenly it becomes slower. So you have to adjust. It's a little slower. I can go around the corner. And then we might catch speed again. <laughs> and then we walk like this for 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, he cannot get slow again. <laughs> and then I hit the jumpy, and we all sit down. So this is a walking. And to me, that's part of the fun, is that I don't decide on the speed. I mean, I like to walk faster, but I just go with the speed there is. Sometimes it's faster, sometimes slower. And that's what I think is also fun with the walking. So... If you used to walk very slowly, we're not trying to walk very slowly. Though at times, we will walk slowly (laughs) due to whatever dynamics works here. So we will be doing the walking indoors. But of course, if for whatever reason, uh, you really don't want to walk the 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes indoors, you can go and do it outdoors as long as you come back in time to sit, when we we all sit together. Of course, if you want to go to the bathroom, then you stand up. And again, this is a a trick. There is a little trick with 
So, you know, you will be, and you follow everybody, what you was feeling, where I should go. And then as we walk, you think, oh, I really need to go to the right. Mindfully, you go to the, so you leave the circle. So you are thinking, I see that you are not to get into these people here. So off you go. Then you come back. And then you want to go back to the same spot. That's the trick. Get mindfulness. So you want to go back between the same two people you were. They all go to the bathroom and they do it. You try to go back in between the same two people, the one in front, the one at the back, because then at the end, it's not central, Grand Central Station. At the end, everybody just sit back on their cushion. But if it's a little topsy turvy, we do not die of it either. It's just we try the best we can. So this is the walking. Then, this is what we're going to use. for the. So we're not going to have any nice tinkling bell. Sorry about that. It's not going to be ding. It's going to be like this. So depending on how I or he strike it, it might be like that, or it might be like that, depending. So hopefully, I hope nobody gets too jumpy with it. This is Korean style. It's a little kind of a bracing, we could say. But I can also do it like that. We'll see how it goes. So we're going to sit. When we sit, we're going to, the one there, going to face the wall. And the one here are going to face the middle. This one facing the middle, this one facing the wall. Because of the number, we cannot all face the wall. But the one in the middle, I mean, even the one facing the wall is the same. In Korea, it's not so much looking at the wall. It's more looking down in front of us. So in the Zen style, you don't close the eyes. But if you used to close the eyes and you want to close the eyes, that's fine too. But generally, Zen style, you have the eyes half closed, and you just gaze gently in front of you. You're not thinking anything. You just gaze gently in front of you. So that the one who are in the middle, then you gaze just gently, so you're not staring at the other person over there. You just look a little down, which has been me on the, my chair. Also, I will do the same. I will just look a little down. Then, the way we organize it, is that when we first sit, I'll hit this three times. That means we start the session of three sitting or four sitting. Then after 30 minutes, I hit this one time. And then you stretch your legs. Because some of you might have pins and needle. If you have pins and needle and you cannot stand up within 30 seconds, stay where you are. We don't want you to fall. This has happened. Stay where you are. Just, and the rest who can get up will get up. Then I will hit this. Everybody gets up. And then hit this one time. And then we all walk together at the same time. If we don't, then there is stopping. But we'll work it out. Then I will, we, walk, we walk 10 minutes. You go to the bathroom or whatever. 
And then I hit the jukpi, and then we all sit back to where we were, facing the wall or facing the middle, and then the same. And then at the end, I lit it three times. So that's the way we're going to organize this. For those who are used to it, it's ordinary. For the other, it's, this sounds weird. <laughs> but you don't need to remember it. It will come obvious as we do it through the days. Then there is one option. What we called, uh, I know Stephen is quite famous for being a secular Buddhist and a revolutionary Buddhist, but on this Zen retreat, to acknowledge the tradition and to kind of uh, uh, make a connection with the Zen Korean tradition we practiced in Korea, we do three bows. We do three bows before we sit in the morning. And we do three bows before we sit in the evening. But if you don't do, want to do three bows, you're really not obliged to do it. So either you just stand up, either you sit, either you stay outside the door, whatever. And we're bowing, and then I will kind of light an incense, but it will only last about 10 seconds, maybe two minutes at the most, because I am allergic to incense anyway. So just a little incense quickly, little candle, little water, and we bow. But we bow in the direction of the Buddha and the Bodhisattva of compassion, but not bowing to the statue. We're basically bowing to our potential for awakening, for wisdom, for compassion. So you can join us in doing this or not. You really, this is a free option. So I think that's what I wanted to say about how we're going to do this, but we'll explain it a little more to, today, tomorrow, as we go along. One thing that we're also going to do, and so to, by tomorrow, everything should be set up in terms of how we sit and everything. And then every day, every afternoon, we're going to have private interviews, personal interviews. And this will be done Zen style which means that um, tomorrow we'll start with Stephen, and so we'll start either this line or that line, and then he will see nine people on one of the lines. So the first one stand up at three or five. All the timing will be put on the board. So the first person goes to the library to see Stephen. After 15 minutes, you come back. The next one gets up, goes, and come back. If you're not sure where the person is, at your time, you look at your watch, and then you go, and then you come back. So that's the idea. And then that way, every day, we'll see a number of people. Uh, this side will see Stephen, that side will see me, and so we'll see everybody once among us. But if any of you, at any moment... Uh, feel the need or want to speak to one of us, we are there for you. We are available for you. And so we can find time to see you after breakfast or after lunch or after dinner. And so you just leave us a note and then we'll find a way to find time to, to speak with you. So do not hesitate. If you have any difficulty, any problem or any other thing, like every evening at the end of the talk, and also at the end of the instruction, there will be some question and answer. But if there is something you really, 
you know, we need to speak to us about, don't hesitate. Just leave us a note and we'll find a way to meet you outside of the uh, personal interview which will be on the board. So that's what I wanted to say. And so now, I'm sorry, but final organization. And then we're going to do a little meditation before uh, we go and rest. Okay? So I want to, to see how it all is going with a number of... Uh, is anybody in this room not on the group retreat? Okay. You're not on the group
Okay, so now, uh, if we can all, the one facing the wall, facing the wall. No, can we all stand up to just stretch the legs? And as we stretch the leg, just being aware. Being aware of being here, standing here, the body stretching. And then finding a comfortable posture. So the people facing the middle, facing the middle, and the other one facing the wall. So when we sit in meditation, what is important is we try to have the back straight, not rigid. But we start to feel like feeling like a, a feeling of elongation, the head going toward the sky. And then gently we settle. So the back is straight. The shoulders are open. And then we settle in our posture. Being present to the body in this moment as it's time. To the mind and the heart. Arriving here, focusing on the breath gently, if we used to do that.
If we become distracted, remembering our intention to be aware, to be awake, and coming back to the breath again and again.
So if you want to, you have some energy left and you want to continue to do more meditation, please feel free to do so. Otherwise, if you feel tired after a long week or a long journey, please have a good rest. And on this first night, in a new place, with new people sharing a room, you might not sleep so well. So really not worrying about not sleeping, but really thinking about resting. Just being aware of the breath, being aware of the body as you lie there. And really trying to use the meditation to help you to rest tonight. Please have a good night's sleep. And we will meet again here at quarter to seven. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.